morning, everyone. I don't think our sound is on. Good morning, everyone. You please stand with us. Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar 
to Northside Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here. want to welcome those of you online watching as well. If this is your first time with us, man, we're thrilled to have you. Uh, you should have found a bulletin there in your seat or somewhere around that vicinity. If you would just take a moment, fill out that guest card portion, and you can put that in the box uh, right out there in the foyer. That's also where uh, our members, our church folk, can place your your tithe as well right out there in, um, in that box. So let me just give you a heads up this morning. I've already talked to somebody 
they're not only going to count heads, but they're going to count those of you who nod off to fall asleep. Because um, some of you were up a little bit later than normal because all the fireworks, right? Anybody relate to that? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mr. Mazden back there. It's probably you kept me up. I usually go to bed early on Saturday nights, but that did not happen last night. So I'm a little more tired than usual. But, uh, but here we are, uh, and we're going to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. It is Vacation Bible School Week. Amen. Get excited about that. Get excited about that. Um, man, I, I'm excited. I, I really am. And look, I know that Vacation Bible School is not going to be able to, to go off the way it normally is. And even if we were able to do it on site, it still would not have been the way it normally is. And so if you saw my video, uh, look, we just had to make that difficult decision to move it to virtual. Um, and so we're, we're, we're looking forward to that. It's going to be exciting. If I can just be honest with you for a moment, I told Ryan yesterday, I said, look, we've been here seven months now. In the past four months, all I feel like I've done is had to cancel stuff. And I'm tired of canceling stuff. And Ryan looked at me and said, well, at least you're getting good at it. <laughs> so so, so the, there you go. She was teasing, obviously, and she was smiling, trying to encourage me. But I'm just thankful that we can at least have the technology and the means that we can still offer our kids something and offer those in our community something that is in a safer way. And we're going to give them Jesus. That's what we're going to do. And so... Um, We just want you to be aware of that. I talked in the video. We're going to send that stuff out every night on Facebook and YouTube. Was it 6 o'clock? Is that correct? 6 o'clock. We're going to have uh, some packets and stuff for you to pick up. So if you signed up for Bible school, we'll send out another email probably just to remind you when you can pick those up. And uh, you'll get to see me every day because I'm going to do the Bible stories now. So I'm sorry about that, but you get stuck with me. So, uh, But it's going to be a great week. I still believe it can be a fun week. And so parents play it up to your kids. So much of this they, they pick up from us. And so be excited about it, understanding, hey, it's not the best of times we're living in, but we can still, we can still make it work, and we can still tell people about Jesus. And, man, we can still gather to worship, and I'm thankful for that. Psalm 32 is our text this morning. We've already sang about forgiveness, and Psalm 32 has a lot to do with forgiveness. But verse 10 is going to be on the screen uh, man, doesn't the screen look so nice, by the way? It looks better than it has in, well, since I've been here, we replaced the wire and the scrolling seems to be gone. And so, man, it looks great. So thank you so much, Tripp, uh, for, for doing that. Psalm 32, verse 10. Man, there's such a contrast here. And I want you to take a moment and just think through this and meditate on this before we sing some more. Verse 10 says, many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Right, where, where are you this morning? Would you say you're identifying with the wicked, you're walking away from Jesus, maybe you're watching online and you're living in sin, and you would say, look, my life has been filled with sorrow lately. Or can you say, man, the steadfast love surrounds the one who's trusting in the Lord. And, and you say, hey, I'm trusting in the Lord. So before we continue to sing, and I'm going to pray here in just a moment, would you just take a second, just think upon that verse and pray through that verse as the Spirit of God leads you. Father God, in the stillness of this moment, you will meet us here. God, some of us come a little more tired this morning than usual. Lord, would would you just give us a little bit extra strength this morning? Would you help us to pay attention and to hear the word that you have to say? Father, some of us come burdened. Man, we're not physically tired, but we're just emotionally tired and Maybe mentally tired and maybe we're just struggling. Maybe we're extroverts and we're just struggling with, with all that's going on. Or, or maybe we're just tired of 
of our life looking different. God, maybe somebody comes this morning and they've been running from you for a long time. And this morning, God, maybe you will call them to repentance. You will call them to confess their sins, to no longer hide them or conceal them, but to confess them. And there in that confession, you will forgive them. Father, maybe some of us believers, we've been holding on to something in our past. Something you've already taken, something we've already confessed, something your blood has already covered. Yet, Lord, we come in and it's still weighing on us. We're carrying it. Oh, God, remind us that that it's an illusion. That when we confess that sin, it is forgiven, removed as far as the east is from the west. You remember it no more. So, Lord, may we just let it go. Maybe we become burdened for somebody in our family. Somebody who is living in wickedness and not only is their life filled with sorrow, but their mom and dad or their grandparents, they're feeling the sorrow of watching their child make these decisions and it's weighing on them. Or maybe we come scared, maybe we come afraid, maybe we come just filled with the Spirit and excited to be here and we're, we're trusting in you and we feel surrounded by the steadfast love of the Lord. We praise you for that. Thank you, God, for meeting us here. Speak to us, we pray. May we listen, may we be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. Would you stand? Let's continue to worship together. remain standing as we honor the reading of God's word and if you'll turn to Psalm 32 Psalm 32 I'm just going to read for us verses 1 through 5 Psalm 32 verses 1 through 5 this is what the word of the Lord says blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. 
I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. You may be seated. In 2005, there was a man by the name of Kyle McDonald. He was a Canadian, and he started with one red paperclip. I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but this is fascinating to me. He started with one red paperclip. And after a series of 14 transactions of bartering and trading up, he went from one red paperclip and he wound up with a house. That is impressive to me. That is a pretty great exchange. To go from a red paper clip to a house, and it took him 14 transactions. That is a great exchange. We often talk about in Scripture a great exchange that takes place. And so I want to look at that this morning, this great exchange, as we think about the forgiveness that we have through Jesus Christ. I have three points for you. Years ago, I heard a sermon. I don't even remember who it was by, but I remember writing these three points down because it just helped me get an understanding of forgiveness. And the way he worded it was, was phenomenal. I can't even remember who it was. It was years and years ago. Um, and so I want to give credit to, to that guy, whoever it was. Uh, uh, but then everything else, obviously, is, is, is mine. But um, I think it is important to... To, to, to honor that. So, but these three points, they just, they just stuck with me. So here's number one. As we think about this exchange that takes place, my carrying of my sin is exchanged with his carrying my sin away. Look at verse one. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Whose transgression, that word means rebellion. It means a going away. We go away from God. We are rebellious. We are sinners. This morning, you and I, whether you're here or online, you are confronted with the reality that we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all, like sheep, gone astray. None of us are righteous. And what happens is over time, this rebellion begins to weigh on us. Unconfessed sin slowly eats away at us. So let me give you the big picture of what's taking place here in Psalm 32. You'll notice the little heading there of mine says, a masculine, a masculine of David. That word means instruction. David is instructing us, teaching about, teaching us about forgiveness of sin. Now, David knows this from personal experience. In verses 1 through 2, he focuses on the joy of forgiveness. But in verses 3 through 5, it's in essence his personal testimony. You think of Psalm 51, right? It kind of explains to us David as he is wrestling with and dealing with his not only adultery with Bathsheba, but then murdering her husband, concealing that until he's confronted by the prophet Nathan, right? And then he confesses that sin. That's what he's going to do in verse 5. He's teaching us from his own personal experience. So look what he says in verse 3 as this unconfessed sin began to eat at him. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. David's conscience groaned all day long. It gnawed at him. He was unable to sleep, not because of fireworks, but because of his own sinfulness that he had not confessed, that he had been hiding. We continue, verse 4. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. Listen to me. Sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from God. And when you give your life to God, when you trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you need to understand that when you begin to walk away from him and you begin to live in sin, God will not leave you alone. He's not the kind of father that's just going to let you walk away. So what does David say? His hand was heavy upon me, right? God is not going to allow you to be happy in your sin. He wants to bring you back to 
confession. We continue going forward in verse 4. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Unconfessed sin, guilt, and shame takes a toll on us physically. Maybe you've been there. And it led to a loss of appetite or you were unable to sleep or shortness of breath or chest pains as you were struggling with this unconfessed sin. See, here's the reality this morning. Ignoring sin will slowly destroy you. Over time, it will eat at you. So what does David do? Verse 5, I acknowledge my sin to you. And I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. See, we need to confess our sins as David did, but then what we also need is a loving God who will forgive us of those confessed sins. Amen? That's what David says. Right? Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. How does God forgive us? And we know the answer is through the cross of Jesus Christ. This word forgiven, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, means to lift or carry away. On the cross of Jesus Christ, Jesus lifted and carried away your sins. You are forgiven, hear me, of every sin you have ever committed or of every sin you ever will commit. When you confess that sin, Jesus carries it away. Some of you, some of you watching online, you came in this morning and you are still carrying a sin or a decision from your past that you regret and you live with it every day and you came in carrying it. It's weighing on you. You live with regret and guilt. You keep looking back. But hear me, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, what you are carrying is an illusion because that sin is no longer there. Jesus took it away. So why are you holding on to it? He let it go once you confessed it. Yes, it may be hard to let it go yourself, but you can be restored. You can be forgiven this morning because God has forgiven you in Christ. And when we think about this exchange, right, my carrying of my sin is exchanged with Jesus carrying my sin away. That's good news, church. That's good news in a world that seems to be filled with so much bad news. Number two, here's the second thing. My covering of my sin is exchanged for his covering. Look what he says, verse 1. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Verse 5. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. Now, we know from the story of David, what did he do for the longest time? He tried to cover it. He tried to keep it hidden, and he thought he got away with it. But when you confess right that sin... Jesus takes it away. But when you try to cover it and hide it and conceal it, what you need to understand is you will fail. How many of you parents have ever told your kids, hey, go clean your room? I'll be to check on it in about 10 minutes. And so you give them 10, 15 minutes and you walk in and it looks immaculate. You're like, man, I'm doing something right as a parent. You cleaned your room really, really good and you begin to walk out the door and then you notice something sticking out from underneath the bed. And you take a closer inspection, and all they did was take their stuff and shove it under the bed. Any of you ever do that? You have people coming over? You're like, man, this living room, this dining room, it's a mess. we got to clean it up. Right? All hands on deck. We're going to clean it up. But then you go and lock the bedroom door because you put everything in there, right? Hey, you, that, that room's off limits. You can't go in there. We're just hiding it. We're, we're covering up our mess. Noel, uh, I think his name's Coward was a famous playwright, uh, and he pulled an interesting prank, or at least this is what they say. He sent an identical note to 20 of the most famous men in London. The anonymous note simply read this, everybody has found out what you are doing. If I were you, I would get out of town. Supposedly, all 20 men left town. Like, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a great illustration, right? Because we're all guilty of trying to cover up our sins. 
Some of you are trying to cover up your sin this morning. You are trying to keep it a secret from your parents, from your brother, your sister, from your pastor, from your deacon, from your Sunday school teacher. You're making excuses. You're trying to ignore it, suppress it, deny it, reject the Spirit's work in your heart. But to do that is foolish. We've already prayed through verse 10. Many are the sorrows of the wicked. When you begin to run after wickedness, it will lead to nothing but sorrow. As you continue to leave your sin unconfessed and hidden, it will lead to nothing but sorrow. David realizes he can't cover his sins. Why? Because they've been exposed by the Nathan prophet. So what does he do? He acknowledges them in verse 5. He confesses it. And I did not cover my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Confession is not telling God something he doesn't already know. When you confess your sin, God's not like, oh man, I didn't see that coming. I missed that. I must have fallen asleep because of all the fireworks, right? I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Confession is simply agreeing that we have rebelled against God's word. God, I agree that I've rebelled against your will, that I've rebelled against your authority, and I am confessing it. And notice what God has done for us when we confess our sins. Verse 1, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. The word for covered is not like covering a bed with sheets. The word means burying into oblivion. It means God chooses to forget where your sin has been buried. God in Christ has covered your confessed sins this morning. He has buried them into oblivion. And my mind will never simply grasp the magnitude of that, of what God has done for me in Christ. Right, we go back to Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, right? We are reminded that Adam and Eve sinned. They disobey God. And what do they try to do? They try to cover themselves, do they not? They realize they're naked. They're ashamed. They begin to cover themselves. So they sewed some fig leaves together. God sends them out of the garden. Sends them out of his presence because of their sin. Sin separates us from God. But notice what God does before he sends them out. It says, and the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. God takes what they've made and he says, look, you don't need that. I'm going to clothe you with something else. I'm going to cover you with something else. Do you know what we have here? We have the first sacrifice in Scripture. That an animal is slain so that Adam and Eve can be covered as God removes them from his presence. Jesus Christ was slaughtered like a lamb. He was crucified and killed so that in Christ, your sins and mine would be covered by the blood of the lamb. Amen? Third, my recounting of my sin is exchanged with his not counting. Verse 2, blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. God does not count your sin against you. Not counting in verse 2 of Psalm 32 is equivalent to Romans 8 chapter 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those of you who are in Christ Jesus. David says, I've learned that when my sin is confessed, happy, blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. That word counts means credit. It means to keep a record. So when David says the Lord counts no iniquity, he is saying my sin is not charged to my account. How? How can a holy God not count my sin against me? How does he overlook my sin? How can David, an adulterer and a murderer, be restored and forgiven by a holy, just, powerful God? Church, this is the great exchange. This is what we, we celebrate, but yet we really fully can't comprehend. It is Ephesians right, chapter 2. It is Ephesians chapter 2, which says, verse 1, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. 
following in the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind, but God. That's the exchange. This is who we were, but God. God has justified me, declared me right in Jesus Christ. Oh, church, this is what the broken world needs. Look, I know our world right now can't see eye to eye on anything. And that's even filtered over into the church. Like, we don't agree on COVID-19. We don't agree on mass, right? We don't agree on a lot of these things. But there is one thing we all better agree on, and that is there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And that's what the world needs. And that's what we've got to be about. More than anything at any time in history, you and I have to return to who Christ is. and What he has done for us. The world needs that. Martin Luther, in his exposition of Galatians, wrote that Jesus became the worst sinner imaginable. He says, God sent his only son into the world and said to him, You are now Peter the liar, Paul the persecutor, David the adulterer, Adam the disobedient. You're the thief on the cross. You, my son, must pay the world's iniquity. On the cross, Jesus took the sins of the world upon himself. Not just yours and mine, but the world. He who had never sinned before, never sinned, never committed sin, never knew sin, bore in his body the disgusting sins of his people. All evil was placed on him. Every sin that had ever been committed that would be confessed is now placed on him. That means, and it's hard to think about it, but that means he took the sins of the porn addict who has confessed his sins. Jesus cleanses him. The sins of the terrorist the sins of the workaholic dad, the adulterer, the man who cheats on his taxes, the religious hypocrite. He became our curse. He bore the wrath of God. All my sins and your sins were placed on him so that I can go free. That is the great exchange. Our sin for the righteousness of God. Our death for the life of Christ. Hell for eternal life with Jesus, my recounting of my sin is exchanged with his not counting it against me because Jesus bore it on the cross. Two exhortations, and then we'll close with prayer. Number one, cry out to God while he can be found. Look at verse 6. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time. You may want to underline these words, when you may be found. When you may be found, hear me, hear me, those of you watching online, you have a window, you have an opportunity for repentance, and that window is right now. This moment is your opportunity. Acts 17.30 says, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. We are to repent right now. Because, look what this verse goes on to say, surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. The rush of great waters speaks to God's judgment. Verse 30 of Acts 17 says you are to repent now. Why? Because verse 31 says because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. God has fixed a day on which his judgment and his wrath will be poured out upon all who have rejected him. Listen to me. Somebody, somebody has to pay for your sin. Somebody has to pay for it. Your sin cannot and will not go unpunished. God will not turn a blind eye on sin. He will not sweep it under the carpet. Either you pay for your sin in hell for eternity or you trust in Jesus Christ who has paid for your sin. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not after you sow your wild oats, not after you get married and you settle down. Today is the day. 
Because you are not promised an hour from now. You are not promised next week. Psalm 130, verse 3 through 4. I read this earlier this week in my quiet time. It says, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Man, who could stand before the Lord if he counted all our iniquities against us? No one. But that psalmist says, but there is forgiveness in the Lord. And then the next day, I read Isaiah 64, verse 7, and it says this. For you have hidden your face from us and have made us melt in the hand of, your, of our iniquities. That we melt in the hand right, of our iniquities. That we cannot stand up when they're weighed against us. So what do you need to do? You need to believe. right? You need to ABCs, Lifeway. Uh, VBS for years, right? The ABCs. You need to admit to God that you're a sinner. You need to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, that he is God's son. Then you commit your life to him and you live forevermore. So what you do, you believe in Jesus right now. Cry out to God while he may be found. Second exhortation is this. Rest and rejoice in the forgiveness and deliverance Jesus purchased for you on the cross. Rest in it right now. Rest in it. Verse 7, you are a hiding place for me. We talked about hiding place last week. It's interesting because David went from hiding from God to now he's hiding and resting in God, having confessed his sins. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. Hear me. This morning, every single one of us is either running to God or we're running away from God. No one is standing still. You're running to God or you're running from him. And through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can stop running from God and we can begin to run to him for deliverance. Verse 11, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. The psalmist David calls us to be glad and to rejoice and to shout for joy. Right? So when my brothers back there shout every now and then, we can't condemn them. We can't judge them, can we? Because it says shout for the Lord. Right? Every now and then you can give a little woo. Or you, can, you can give a little clap as the Spirit of God leads you. Why? Because we have been forgiven. Let me close with a quote from Martin Luther. It says, sin has but two places where it may be. Either it may be with you so that it lies upon your neck or upon Christ, the Lamb of God. If it lies upon your neck, you are lost. If, however, it lies upon Christ, you are free and will be saved. Amen? Man, that's worthy of shouting. That's worthy of praising God. And so in just a second, I'm going to give you an opportunity right where you are, man, just to spend a moment with the Lord and, and just to think upon what he has said. But again, let me, let me just call each and every one of you. And those of you watching online, man, have you, have you come to the Lord? Have you trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ to save you from your sins? If you have, is there unconfessed sin in your heart and in your life right now? Will you confess that sin? Stop concealing it. Stop hiding it. Just confess it and let the Lord forgive you for it. And old church, man, if we're walking in that freedom, then let us be a people who will pour that and instill that into our children. And let us be a people who will boldly walk into the workplace and say, look, I may not see eye to eye with you on a lot of things, but this is what I believe. This is who Jesus Christ is. This is what he has done for me. I will not apologize for that. I will not be silent on that, and I will shout it from the rooftops. And may we be a people who call others to repentance. And if they repent, let us rejoice and celebrate with them. And if they reject him, let us go to our knees on war on their behalf, that they might come to know Jesus. Because what you do with Jesus determines how you will spend eternity. Do you know him? And if you do, are you resting and rejoicing in that. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? I want to give you just a moment right there where you are. And just to, just to let the, 
of the Lord just speak to you. When we're done, I've got a couple of announcements to make, and then we're gonna. I, I got a presentation to make, and then we're gonna we're gonna sing one final song. But just take a moment right there where you are. Father, speak to us, Lord. If anyone. God made a decision to follow you, Jesus Christ. Would they, would they just seek me out? Would they send our church a, an email, go to the website, find a way to get in contact with a call to church office? Lord, we want to know if they made that decision to follow the Lord. Lord, you are, you are worthy of our praise. And, oh, Father, we do want to follow you. We do want to trust you um, in that. And so, Father, we, we, we thank you for who you are. Speak to our hearts now, Lord Jesus, we pray. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close with the song in just a moment. I forgot to tell Curtis this, so he came up early. So just hang tight there, brother. We'll just, we'll just stare at you. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. I wanted to share a decision with you uh, so that we can rejoice and celebrate. This week I had a, a phone conversation with Miss Susan Stedham. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Miss Susan, uh, you, may, you may know her as Tripp's mama, uh, but we don't want you to identify her always as Tripp's mama because she's Miss Susan, right? So we had, we had a great conversation, and uh, Susan just feels the Spirit of God leading her to join with us here at Northside Baptist and what God is doing. Uh, Miss Susan, would you just wave? There's Miss Susan right there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, and, and just something that, that she just shared with me, uh, you know, she, she's here partly, I think, because of her son, Tripp, but she's not here because of Tripp. She's here because the Spirit of the Lord led her here. I mean, she wants to get involved and serve, and so we rejoice in that. She is coming by letter from Bellevue Baptist Church in Gadsden, Alabama. Um, and so, so we rejoice in that decision. But I also believe when somebody joins, right, that's on us. It's up to us to encourage and disciple and, and help them get involved. And then we invite her to do the same thing for us, to encourage us and help us. And we submit to one another and we do this um, in, in the body of Christ. And so if you will, one more time, let her know that you rejoice in that decision this morning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, here's where, here's where COVID really frustrates me, but, but we have to do it for safety. Under normal circumstances, you'd be right up here. We'd be coming by shaking your hand and hugging your neck. And so whenever it's safe, we all owe you a handshake and a hug. Unless you're not one of those people, then we, we don't owe you anything. So, right? Um, some people are just, I don't like the handshakes and the hugs. So uh, one more thing. Well, just announcements, bulletin. Please pay attention to, to all that is in there. Pray for us this week. Uh, we, got a, we got our work cut out for us, uh, VBS workers. Uh, we're going to be working hard this week to do the best that we can uh, to give you uh, a time at home to be able to celebrate and, and have fun this week. And so we're going to be working to do that. Uh, as we leave, uh, we want to be dismissed by singing a final song. We're singing My Country Tis of Thee. Is that correct? Um, yesterday was the 4th of July. If you didn't know that, you, you're probably thinking, man, why are the fireworks? So that's what yesterday was. Uh, so let me, let me just say this. I believe with all of my heart that we live in the greatest country on planet earth. Um, we do. Yeah. You can, you can clap for that. You can clap for that. I, I believe that our world is broken. It always has been. Uh, there's things in our past that, that we're not proud of. There's things that are going on today that we're not proud of. There are things that are going to happen tomorrow that, that we're not proud of. But I still believe we live in the greatest country in the world. And we are here by God's grace. Uh, and ultimately, I think it is important for us to know that as we live here, we must be reminded that this is not our ultimate home. So it is always God first. And then our love for country falls in under that. And so as we sing this song, I just want to encourage you to be grateful for two things. Be grateful, one, for this country, but then also be grateful for our God who is sovereign over all things. We're going to sing two verses together, and then you will be dismissed. So if you will stand, let's sing together. My country is of thee, sweet land of liberty.